This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Big drama coming to the quarter pole with custom for Carlos edging up to him on the outside and they've left the others behind. A 44 and two half mile there into the stretch. Big drama to the inside. Custom for Carlos taking it to him. They're nose to nose. The Breeders' Cup winner, Big Drama, trying to put away custom for Carlos and he is doing it with ease. Big drama, wow! He won it by four and 108 flat. It's a new track record. Custom for Carlos, our edge, and peace at dawn. Now, here's Bobby Newman and Bob Nastanovich. Good evening. Welcome to another edition of the Am Wager Weekend Stakes Preview here on the Horse Racing Radio Network. I'm Bobby Newman along with Bob Nastanovich. We've got a dozen races from the upcoming weekend to talk about tonight, and all with just two tracks, Bob. We've got four big stakes tomorrow at Gulfstream Park and an eight-bagger tomorrow at the fairgrounds. Yeah, really nice to uh, kick off the show here with an all-stakes pick four from uh, Gulfstream Park, some very competitive races, and then one of those uh, blockbuster cards that we see at fairgrounds at various stages in the meet, and this is the uh, the first one, at least in terms of uh, open stakes horses. So, yeah, really good weekend, and grateful that these uh, two tracks are uh, providing holiday racing fans with uh, some tempting fare. Folks, Amwager is giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus just for HRRN listeners. Here's how you get it. Go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN. You'll get 10 bucks instantly for signing up. Then when you deposit 150 and bet 150 you'll get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's just that easy. Amwager is a wagering platform that's loaded with valuable tools and features, including odds charts, odds predictions, and much more. You'll also get free access to Form to Win, a revolutionary app that analyzes past performance data in just minutes. Once again, go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amwager built by horse players for horse players. All right, Bob, well, we'll start down at Gulfstream Park, where, as you mentioned, they've got an all-stakes pick four that starts with the eighth race tomorrow, and that eighth race is the Tropical Park Oaks, and the Tropical Park Oaks for three-year-old fillies going a mile and 16th on the turf. We've got a full field set to go. 13 were entered, 12 will run if it remains on the turf. Our good friends over at Amwager using form to win say that number 10, Breath Away, is the one to beat in this spot. Nine to two on the morning line for uh, Christophe Clement, trainee who's run in Florida, run in Maryland, run in New York, run out west at Santa Anita. Uh, now back down to South Florida at nine to two. Uh, not favored on the morning line, but certainly one that has a chance. This is a really deep field, Bob. Really outstanding uh, field they've assembled for the uh, Tropical Park Oaks, uh, three-year-old turf fillies, and. Uh, Breath Away, the 10 horses uh, of certainly of interest. The race that she ran last time out in California, basically Ruby Nell stole a march on the field. She got so far in front, and Breath Away had a lot to do turning for home. Flattened out a little bit. She's a different horse in South Florida. She's two for two over seven and a half furlongs on this turf course. She's one of many that deserve mentioning here. The one horse, uh, Cairo Consort, Myrad um, Ortiz and Todd Pletcher, um, expensive fillies, never run a bad race aside from, from maybe her effort last time on the Churchill Turf Course, which was May 5th. So she comes off a break on a racetrack uh, that she's two for three, sure to take a lot of money. And you got the five in here, Zipadoo, a rarity in that Graham Motion, the trainer, and Johnny V uh, riding are 20 to one in the morning line. She makes her stakes debut. Her dam won the, won the grade two honeymoon, uh, so she's a very capable filly trying a, a, a tough stakes crew. Alpha Bella's live in here. Another one of these high-quality Justify fillies. Luis Saez takes the mount. Certainly has a lot of classic and a beautiful pedigree. And then the Chad Brown pair, the nine implicated, um, and the uh, 12 startup mentality certainly look like very capable fillies. So you better spread. I gave the nod to the 12 startup mentality. She's only run twice. And she did finish third behind her stablemate, implicated last time at Aqueduct. Um, I watched a replay. I thought it was pretty impressive that Chad Brown moved her up from a maiden into a stakes. Shows how much he thinks of her. 
and she flies home. She's a big, attractive daughter of Kingman, has a big kick, comes from the uh, really good Judmont family, the family of Time Test. And I think if she can get a trip from the 12-hole, she'll uh, be tough to beat at a pretty nice price. She's 4-1 to in the morning line, expected to be about 4-1, to 5-1. to Okay, startup mentality for Bob at 4-1 to certainly has a big chance. I went to one of the other Phillies you mentioned, and it's the long shot, number five, Zippa-Doo. I just don't think she should be 20-1 to in this spot. She ran very well her first try against winners last time out, despite breaking through the gate before the start. And listen, we've been around this game long enough to know that almost no runners win after they do that prior to the start, and she almost did win. She only got beat three-quarters of a length. That was going a mile and an eighth. I think the shorter distance of a mile and a sixteenth will help her chances, and hopefully she can uh, settle whatever nerves she had at the start last time out. She hasn't always had the best of starts, so you've got to watch her in the gate, and unfortunately you can't really do that before uh, you're placing your wagers. But at 20-1, to 1, I'm going to take a shot with Zippadoo. I think she's an up-and-comer for Graham Motion and probably about as good as anyone else in this field. Ninth race on the card is the Grade 3 Sugar Swirl for the Phillies and Mares sprinting six furlongs on the main track. We've got a field of eight coming together in this race. According to our friends at Amwager using form to win, they say the best value in the race is number seven, Napa Candy. She's eight to one coming off a nice allowance win at Churchill last time out. Doesn't necessarily mean they think that she is the one to beat in this spot, but at eight to one, uh, she certainly has a big chance Pretty evenly matched bunch here, Bob, going three quarters. Yeah, it's interesting that there's a, a race named after Sugar Swirl. She had a fantastic 2008 season here at Gulfstream. Never won a grade one, but uh, swept the uh, graded stakes uh, in 2008 during the uh, featured meeting at Gulfstream. A lot of really well, interesting. Well, I, I have a very, there's a very easy explanation for it. Well, I, I, I believe the owner of the track. Yes, Sugar Swirl was, <laughs> is, was owned by Stronic Stables yeah, or yeah, Adina yeah. Springs or whatever. And uh, we've seen with several, they, they can do whatever they want as far as naming <laughs> races. Uh, I mean, they, they named a, a race the awesome again. I'm not sure he ever won a race at Santa Anita. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently so. So, yeah, yeah. Um, well-made point. Um, anyway, you've got a favorite horse in there. I wouldn't be surprised if you pick uh, Bluefield. She won for you last time at Tampa. Hard-knocking seven-year-old mare, uh, just a professional race, or she's eight for 20. Um, I give her a chance that we talked about uh, well-traveled horses uh, in the first race of the uh, weekend. My destiny is quite remarkable. She's a six-year-old majestic perfection mare who's run at eight different tracks in her last ten races. Uh, she's the pride of the uh, Wylenski family, owned by Sam Wylenski and tra- trained by veteran uh, uh, Herman Wylenski. Um, has really good speed. She'll be a threat. Spirit Wind has quality speed. There's a really interesting horse in here to me. Uh, we ha- we talked about Safely Kept recently, well, probably the best Maryland bred sprinter of all time. Intrepid Daydream has uh, got a similar resume uh, at this uh, nascent part of her career. She was sold uh, last time, moved from Gary Capuano, purchased privately by Miller Racing, who won this race in 2015 with best behavior. She moves to the Safi Joseph barn. Hasn't worked, but boy, has she been on a roll dominating the races at uh, Delaware, Laurel, Pimlico, places like that. And I think she ought to sit in a a perfect uh, stocking trip in here, and if she takes to Gulfstream Park in her new environment... She'll be tough to beat. She's 7 for 13, quality filly, just a 4-year-old. My selection's intrepid daydream. Yeah, we're on the same filly. I know she's been facing a little bit softer just in the restricted competition in her last four starts, but she's done nothing wrong against that competition. And speed figure-wise, she's at least as good, if not better, than the other ones that she is facing tomorrow at Gulfstream Park. I, like you, Bob, pick Intrepid Daydream to win the Grade 3 Sugar Swirl. Tenth race on the card is the Grade 3 Mr. Prospector. Uh, The three-year-old's and up going to sprint seven furlongs on the main track. We heard at the top of the show uh, one of two Mr. Prospector's run in 2011. And the reason for that is 
Uh, this is a race that's been going on for several years. And, of course, Gulfstream for many, many years ran from the early part of January until, well, through March and sometimes through April, times like that. And uh, so th- the race was always run in the early part of January. And then when Calder went away and Gulfstream became year-round, Gulfstream switched it up and made it where the race was at the end of the year instead of the beginning. So they actually had two Mr. Prospectors run in 2011, one in January and one in December. But it was Big Drama who won the 2011 first version, if you will. Not first division, but first version. Uh, No Big Dramas in this race, but an evenly matched field going seven furlongs. Am Wager using form to win, say, is number seven Gilmore. Four to one on the morning line is where you want your money. uh, Overmatched and maybe in a wrong situation, trying a mile and an eighth on a sloppy track at Parks in the Pennsylvania Derby last time out. Uh, But shorter distances, including around one turn, Gilmore has been very good at times. What do you like in this race, Bob? Yeah, uh, the race features great navigators, probably the fastest New Jersey bred in the world. Uh, Just a three-year-old, a son of Sea Wizard, who's who's an Uncle Mo stallion. Um, only got beat four and three-quarter lengths last time, went third in the grade two Vosburg behind Cody's Wish. Um, so he uh, definitely deserves, deserves, your, deserves your respect, if not a long look. Um, I was very intrigued by long-range Toddy in here. Um, since switching from Dallas Stewart's barn to uh, Victor Barbosa, he's come down here and he's run two excellent races. He's two for two locally. Um, you know, came down there with 36 starts under his belt, takes makes his return to stakes competition in really, really good form. Um, of course, we have to merit Sibelius uh, in here. This is his time of year. He really got going in this race last year, ran a great race, won by two and a quarter, parlayed that into a victory in the Pelican at Tampa, then went, of course, to du- Dubai and dramatically under Ryan Moore won the Dubai Golden Shaheen. So this is... Uh, I think the uh, Jeremiah O'Dwyer barn would like to put him on the same schedule, and this is the first step. I'm going to give Long Range Toddy the nod at the prices. He's 8-1. to one. Like I said, he's unexposed down here in Florida, and he just might have a new lease on life. I think this 7-year-old's in great form, and I think he can uh, cause a minor upset. Okay, so what's the price on your horse? Long Range Toddy's 8-1 to one in the morning line with uh, Haramillo for uh, Victor Barboza. Okay, eight to one for you. I'm trying another big one here in number two. How be it uh, for Bill Morey and Joe Bravo? Twenty to one on the morning line. I am convinced that this horse was running races even earlier this year and certainly in 2022 that are every bit as good as anyone else in this field. The problem is his last few races have not been that good. Um, but I, I, he looks like he might be trending forward once again. Uh, I know that he's got class in him. He's already a grade two stake winner in his career. Uh, I Listen, if Hal Beat was 4-1 to one on the morning line, I would try to bet against him. The fact that he's 20-1 to one on the morning line, and I think there's races in him that he has a chance with, I'm going to pick him on top as an upsetter in the grade three Mr. Prospector race 10 tomorrow at Gulfstream. All right, we're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're not done with Gulfstream. We've got the Tropical Bark Derby, and then we're going to dive into that eight-race Bonanza Stakes package at the fairgrounds. This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on the Horse Racing Radio Network. Horse of the Year candidate, Elite Power. Jockey's Warrior makes his move on the outside. Elite Power on the front side, and Elite Power gets up to win the sprint. Elite Power is going to be clear and going to take the rear to Standing at Judmont. Fans don't miss opening day the day after Christmas at spectacular Santa Anita. Come early for our classic meet opener on Tuesday, December 26th, with first post time at 11 a.m. and admission gates will open at 9 a.m. As always, our traditional wall calendar is free of charge with paid admission, and you can also get a Mathis Home plush toy horse with a $10 donation that will go to Karma to benefit retired racehorses. Join us for an unforgettable day of world-class racing with six graded stakes headed by the Great One 
one $300,000 Malibu, the Grade 1 La Brea, and the Grade 1 American Oaks. They'll be complemented by three Grade 2 events, the Mathis Mile, the San Antonio, and the San Gabriel. Bring the family. Santa Anita's infield area will be open on December 26th, December 30th, and 31st, as well as on New Year's Day. Infield admission is $5, which includes parking and program. Again, come early on opening day. First post time is at 11 a.m. Santa Anita. It's the great race place. Hi, this is Jockey Brian Hernandez. For me, there's no bigger thrill than crossing the finish line in front, and nobody captures the excitement of our sport like Horse Racing Radio Network. Each week, HRRN brings you exclusive talk shows, podcasts, and in-depth conversations with the biggest names in racing, jockeys, trainers, owners, and more. Plus, HRRN is committed to helping disabled riders through their support of the PDJF. So climb aboard a winner today by visiting horseracingradio.net. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. And up on the outside is Amstrong, and they turn for home now. Eyes on the King has a short lead, but now down the center, Super Blessing comes on to challenge, and Amstrong is up on the outside, three across the track in a battle into the final 16th. Now it's Super Blessing and Amstrong, and Amstrong on the outside is coming to get it. Amstrong is up to win the showing up stakes. Over Super Blessing and then Eyes on the King and further back to Anamnestic in 143 flat. That was a stretch call of the 2023 edition of the Showing Up Stakes at Gulfstream Park on the synthetic track, won by Armstrong. Armstrong going to try his hand in the Tropical Park Derby, presumably on the turf, tomorrow at Gulfstream Park. Welcome back to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich. Before we get back to the stakes action, time now for the Blood Horse News Update and a look at the top headlines from bloodhorse.com. Well, here's a weird one. Presque Isle Clerk of Scales suspended for negligence. Pennsylvania Horse Racing Commission has suspended Danny Hamilton, clerk of scales at Presque Isle Downs, for 30 days following his failure to weigh out jockeys before the eighth race at the Erie, Pennsylvania track on October 11th. For his negligence, the commission issued a 30-day suspension to Hamilton beginning January 8th of 2024, ending on February 6th. During the suspension, Hamilton is denied access to all grounds under the jurisdiction of the Pennsylvania State Horse Racing Commission. Hamilton has been hired by Presque Isle as the clerk of scales earlier this year, and he's currently working as a placing judge at Fairgrounds in New Orleans. Both Presque Isle and Fairgrounds are owned and operated by Churchill Downs Incorporated. That wraps up this afternoon's edition of the Blood Horse News Update. Keep up with all the latest Kentucky Derby news and happenings with the Blood Horse social media. More than 300,000 followers on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Blood Horse has the largest social media following of any industry news media focused on owners and breeders. If you're not already a follower of Blood Horse on social media, get started today. All right, and the thing that's weird about this, Bob, (laughs) is that uh, they've suspended him from all grounds under the jurisdiction of the Pennsylvania State Horse Racing Commission, which, to my knowledge, does not include fairgrounds. So they've suspended him for 30 days from a track that's not running those 30 days and where he'll be 1,500 miles away or 2,000 miles away from. I'm going to count this as either we're missing a part of the story or who cares? Yeah, no, and we're definitely missing uh, significant parts of the story. And first of all, um, this almost can't be a first-time offense. And then, uh, yeah, like uh, I don't think he's going to go to Prescott Isle to bet the simulcast this weekend when he's working the uh, eight stakes races plus a full card at Fairgrounds. So, yeah, that is an interesting one. Um, but on the bright side, at least it's not some sort of horrible violation about um, uh, somebody uh, treating – a horse with a 17-letter word. Okay, there you go. Um, I, it seems <laughs> to me, I mean, I, I, I try to look logically at all of these things. It seems like you would suspend him from the first 30 days of next year's Presque Isle meet. I, I, 
I don't know. It sounds sounds yeah. like nothing's happening to him to me. And even I, then, he might not turn up. I mean, yeah, but I mean, that's the same as what's happening now. I mean, it, it would be basically the same as suspending you, Bob, uh, f- for the next month from um, all surfing in Hawaii. <laughs> or something like that. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I guess if it's like cool to say that you got suspended, then uh, he's got that feather in his cap. Yeah, by the way, too bad that we're not in the days when we were younger and all of the rulings were in the back of the racing forum and you could read about all the fines and stuff like people uh, having barbecues in their dorm room in the barn area, getting fined $25, things like that. Oh, uh, yeah. No, that's not That was a pretty juicy section. <laughs> and uh, all the uh, frivolous objections, you know. Yeah, by the way, there's a lot of those and uh, frivolous yeah. takedowns in some cases, by the way. <laughs> um, back to the racing at Gulfstream tomorrow. Race 11 is the Tropical Park Derby for the three-year-olds going a mile and a 16th on the turf. Uh, f- final derby of the year, as it were, uh, for these three-year-olds. 14 entered, 12 will run if it remains on the turf. Best value, according to Amwager, using form to win is number four, April Fool's Andy, 15-1 to one on the morning line, riding a two-race win streak against considerably softer competition at Delaware and Tampa, stepping up into the stakes for the first time, but obviously in good form. As far as the morning line goes, there are several that are low. Anglophile, 7-2 to two on the morning line. Ohana Honor, I believe, is the morning line favorite. Favorite at three to one, Smoky Mandate, another one who figures to take play. Yeah, um, I don't think this uh, renewal of the Tropical Park Derby is as hot as the Tropical Park Oaks. Um, there are some very interesting, uh, thoroughly likable horses in here, and at the top of that list to me is April Fools Andy, who's trained by uh, Chelsea Moisey, who's, who's currently uh, based at Tampa. Twelve races in this uh, three-year-old son of Summer Front's career. And he's tried the turf three times and won all three convincingly. Um, broke his maiden July 14th on the turf at Delaware. And then kind of strangely appeared in three straight uh, dirt races where he didn't run a jump. They put him back on the turf and he was razor sharp. Rallied strongly at Delaware again. And then ran a monster race December 9th at Tampa on their turf course. So he's a very unexposed, capable turf horse from a stallion Summer Front, a son of a war front, who stands at uh, Airdrie. The, uh, of course, the, the operation of the late Brereton Jones, a brilliant breeder. Um, they, they just raised his stud fee from 5000 to 7500 7, and deservedly so. He's been a really fantastic turf sire. It'll be really interesting to see what April Fool's Andy does in here. Carol Cedeno, um takes them out, goes down to Gulfstream for her first appearance of the meet. Um, obviously one of her favorite horses, 15 to one in the morning line deserves a long look. He'll be my selection unless the 13 draws in. Irish Aces is a really talented horse, similar in that he's run three really good races on the turf. He's only run four times. A son of M. Shawish, who is a great turf miler trained by Todd Pletcher. Brennan Walsh trains him. This is where Irad shows up, so... Um, if Irish Aces draws in, he'll be my pick. Otherwise, I'll, I'll pick April Fool's Andy. Okay, I went to one of the favorites, number nine, Ohana Honor. I liked the effort last time out behind Northern Invader, who I think is a very talented runner in his own right. No Northern Invaders in here, so I think Ohana Honor has a big chance to get his first-ever stakes win in the Tropical Park Derby. Let's jump over to the fairgrounds. As I mentioned, eight big stakes on their Saturday card tomorrow, the first of which is race number three. Phillies and Mares going on the turf here in the Blushing KD. I don't think Blushing KD ever ran on the turf herself. I don't. She certainly didn't run on the turf when she was running down at the fairgrounds, but she was a very talented filly. We've got some pretty talented fillies and mares in this spot going the mile in a 16th. Eight to five favorite is number three, Lovely Princess, who in my mind, Bob, I think has been facing a little bit tougher than what she's going to see tomorrow. Yeah, Blushing KD, um, she did run 10 times. She won eight. Um, She was bred for the grass, um, but never tried it. Um, Kentucky Oaks winner, obviously the uh, best horse that Sam David ever trained. Nice that she's remembered uh, with with a mile and the 16th uh, race, regardless of surface. Um, lovely Princess does does appear to have a class edge. Stable is cold. Um, Kenny McPeak's 0 for 16. Um, 
I, I just uh, this is a kind of a tough race for me. I, I didn't really see anything that stood out or anything that really um, was sitting on a big race. Uh, it just looked like a golden opportunity for somebody to step up. And I'm going to give a shot to Dana's Beauty just because her stable, Joe Sharp, they're just on fire. And he taps uh, Jaime Torres to ride their 5 for 12 in the last 60 days. Uh, like I said, the stable can do no wrong. She won sprinting on the Tampa turf. She's run 33 times in her life. She's one for four on turf. But just like all of Sharp's runners, she has a really nice work tab, and she just appears primed. She has good tactical speed, and I think she can pull an upset returning to the turf at 10 to 1 in the morning. Then I'll select Dana's beauty. All right, I think the favorite lovely princess is going to win. I think she's been mismanaged a little bit of late. She's been going longer distances than I think she really wants to run, and I think she's been running against company that she doesn't really want to run against either, and uh, getting Lasix back, shortening up, and a little bit of a drop in class all equals, I think, uh, a return to the winner's circle for the daughter of Twirling Candy. I'll take the 8-5. to five on Lovely Princess. Fourth race tomorrow at Fairgrounds is the Sugar Bowl. Two-year-old sprinting six furlongs on the main track, a field of six here. Two of them going to buy for favoritism, Bob. The three, Agoo, and four, Legalize. It's a nice little uh, six-horse field. There's a lot of a lot of uh, good compact fields tomorrow on this uh, card. And Agoo's a good horse. I mean, uh, ran into... Just a tremendous effort last time by Just Steele from the Lucas Barn to beat him at uh, Churchill in the Ed Brown on November 25th, a race that I remember talking about. Agu ran a great race uh, when breaking his maiden at Keeneland, son of Munnings, good horse. Legalize, um, got beat by Agu in, in his first lifetime start and came back and won, led all the way at Churchill, obviously a talented son of Constitution. To me, there's a potential freak in here, and that's going to be my, my pick, American Rascal. Um, he's by Curlin out of Lady Aurelia. Couldn't have a better pedigree in American racing. He looked like just a, com- a complete superstar uh, in her uh, in, hi- in his win at Keeneland in April. Just cruised. And then this is a temperamental sort. Showed up at Ascot. It was probably too much too soon in the Norfolk. Went off at four to one. Um, just was clueless beforehand. Probably didn't know what was going on. Young horse, tough ass. Dwelt at the start. Came back and was heavily favored at Churchill, one to two in uh, September. After several months off again, and ran no sort of race between horses. And then he's the only horse in training that's run at Zia Park and Royal Ascot for sure. He went down to Zia Park and faced their best juveniles and just absolutely cruised. Um, a nice return to form. Gets Lasix for the first time. Joel Rosario goes in to ride several horses on the card. This has to be one that was at the top of the list. I think this is a potential superstar, and I think if he wins this race, he's beating two nice horses in the process. So it's a good, grand opportunity to American for American Rascal to put himself back on the map, and he'll be my pick. Okay, I don't like American Rascal in this spot, but I respect your selection. I think Legalize and Agoo's are strictly the ones to beat in this spot. I'm going to try Legalize on top. Uh, I know that he lost to Agoo the, ran- the time they ran against each other, but Agoo had the benefit of a race under his belt going into that. I think there's a chance that Legalize could get out in front of this field and just keep on going, like the fact that he won at seven furlongs last time out, uh, stamina builder for this son of Constitution, who uh, I see no reason that he can't continue his forward march. So legalize for me, American Rascal for Bob. We're both trying to, trying to beat the morning line favorite, Agoo, who's 7-5 to five on the line in the Sugar Bowl. All right, we're going to take another break. When we come back, more fairgrounds action to get to on the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. There are plenty of thrills at Gulfstream Park with live thoroughbred action Friday through Sunday and simulcasting seven days a week. Join us on track for weekend stakes races. Dine trackside in 10 ponds with an elevated view of the track and grab a cool cocktail in the Carousel Club. For reservations, tickets, and more, head to GulfstreamPark.com. Did you receive a call or message that mentioned Social Security and demanded immediate action? Did the caller know your social security number or other personal information and tell you that your social security number had been used in connection with the crime? Did you feel worried that your social security number might be suspended, your bank account might be frozen or seized, 
or you could be arrested. That is not the Social Security Administration. Social Security will not threaten you, demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they are hard to trace. Do not be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. Produced at U.S. taxpayer expense. HRRN is live online. Go to our website at horseracingradio.net to stream all of our broadcasts live or listen to the show archives anytime. Read our blogs, get the latest news, and see our entire broadcast schedule. It's all there at horseracingradio.net. And follow us on Twitter at HRRN and like our page on Facebook. Search Apple Podcasts for HRRN and download our latest shows. HRRN is home to racing's biggest events, and our home on the web is at horseracingradio.net. Radio.net. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. And here comes Untappable. Now she begins to make her move three wide as they approach the quarter pole. Sweet reason in with a chance. She's now gaining ground quickly in behind the front runners. But as they approach the top of the stretch, here comes Untappable. Now making her run on the outside. JoJo Warrior try to dig in down at the inside. And Sweet Reason will try to sustain her bit on the outside. They're coming to the last furlong. Untappable forges a short lead. On the outside, Sweet Reason closing in. JoJo Warrior holding tough. Untappable short lead with a 16 to go. She's beginning to edge away. It will be the incomparable Untappable. Untappable's got it by a length on the line. And the incomparable past voice of Philly Park and Parks Racing, Keith Jones on the call back in 2014. The grade one cotillion won by Untappable, and she has a race named in her honor uh, tomorrow at the fairgrounds. Welcome back to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich with you. Let's dive back to the fairgrounds, Bob. In the midst of this eight-stakes race extravaganza tomorrow afternoon, race seven on the card is the Latelier Memorial for two-year-old fillies sprinting six furlongs, eight of them going to post in this race, and two-to-one on the morning line is number three, Helena's Forte. Yeah, the um, one-horse mixer commands respect in here. She's run two really good races. Um Second in her first lifetime start at Keeneland, going seven, and then got the job done November 2nd at Churchill. Um, has gotten off po- poorly um, at the start of both of her races. She'll need to be a little bit sharper tomorrow. I'm not sure the turn back to six furlongs is in her favor, um, but she's definitely worth a long look. She gets Lasix for the first time for Wayne Catalano and her regular rider, Jareth Loveberry. Um, there's a ton of speed in here, and that speed is uh, led by a very quick horse. Uh, daughter of Cantharos can't resist it, um, who just blazes away from the gate. She ran seven furlongs last time at Delta, around two turns. That was too much for her. She'll like the turn back to six. Um, like I said, there ought to be a really hot pace in here, and I think that suits Helena's forte um, perfectly. I think she's got a class edge in here. She won her maiden easily at Churchill on November 5th by four and a half. And then uh, they moved <clears throat> moved her up to the uh, Fern Creek for her second um, start. She had a good trip. She made up a lot of ground really quickly going six and a half. And in the last 16, she got worn down by a very nice horse called You Almost Had Me in the Fern Creek. And it was six and a quarter lengths back to third. Um, to me, she's a filly going places and has just has a nice class edge in the uh, quick pace. And her just sitting behind it ought to allow her to stalk and pounce in here. I think she'll be very tough in the Latelier. My pick is the uh, three, Helena's Forte. Yeah, I'm not going to pass her up as well. I think I liked her in the Fern Creek last time out. And she looked like she had every chance, but just uh, got beat by a, a better filly that day. But uh, no reason she can't continue to improve. Uh, now just the third start of her career. First time Lasix for this Phil Bauer trainee. And Helena's forte should be able to sit in behind the speed, as Bob mentioned, and hopefully get going to win the Letelier Memorial. Race 8 on the fairgrounds card is the Richard Shearer Memorial. Uh, three-year-olds and up going to sprint about five and a half furlongs on the turf. Eleven were entered in this race, Bob. And favoritism, well, it, it's tough. It could go to number six, Private Creed. 
who uh, is really going great guns his last few starts. Really good five and a half for a long turf race, and uh, lovely they named a horse after Richie Shearer. He's just a great guy, uh, great guy to uh, be around, fantastic trainer, and uh, the kind of guy, kind of trainer that gave everybody a chance um, and uh, surely dearly missed um, at fairgrounds and everywhere. Um, great, This is a great field. I mean, it, it's interesting. There was a time when Just Might, who's seven, a seven-year-old now, would have been about two to one in this spot. He's 11 for 48 uh, lifetime. And he just it's hard to tell whether he's just fallen out of love with racing. He's 0 for 9 this year. Or he just hasn't had much luck uh, come his way. Significant jockeys change here from Colby Hernandez to Jaime Torres, who's a very fashionable jock this meet down at Fairgrounds. It'll be interesting to see if he springs back to life for uh, Michelle Lavelle. Um, Evan Singh is a very interesting horse in here as well. Um, I thought he had a big shot. It's uh, Corey Lannery and Albert Stahl, um, son of Hardspun, coming off a layoff of freshening at Keeneland race there October 15th and uh, put in his customary closing bid that fell short. Is two for two at the fairgrounds. Look, looks prime for his best. Same can be said for the Belmont-trained uh, Sosua Summer, who uh, the red-hot Jimmy Graham rides. Five and a half looks like an ideal distance for him. I'm going to give Evan Singh the nod in a competitive field. I just think uh, he's um, he's returning to his favorite course, and uh, if he gets the uh, right, right seams at the right time in this turf sprint, he'll, be, he'll uh, fire a big one. Yeah, he certainly loves it there at Fairgrounds. Both of those efforts on the turf were extremely good. I don't know if they're better than what we've seen from Private Creed in his last two or three starts. He ran very well in the Mahoney at Saratoga. Uh, then he won uh, the Franklin Simpson at Kentucky Downs and looked very good winning uh, what was basically a stakes-caliber allowance race, one of those unconditioned allowance races at Churchill Downs in his most recent start. Uh, he's been in the money nine of 12 career starts. He's just never run at fairgrounds. That's the only if for Private Creed. But to me, uh, he's the best horse in the race and reunited with Joel Rosario, who has ridden to, to victory in the past. Ninth race on the card is the untappable. Two-year-old Phillies here going a mile and 70 yards on the main track. This is a points qualifier toward next year's Kentucky Oaks. Six very talented Phillies gathering for the untappable and slight favorite on the morning line is number six West Omaha who scratched out of a race where she would have been favored at Remington Park last week and opts for this spot instead. Yeah, that was the trapeze. In fact, that caused quite a stir. All four of the uh, runners um, that uh, Brad Cox sent out to Oklahoma City to run at uh, Remington Park last Friday were scratched the morning of the race. I think all four were on the grounds as well. Um, West Omaha is the first one I've seen that's been uh, re-entered, shows up in here. Um, we talked about her at great length on the show last week. She's run two good races uh, at seven furlongs. It'll be very interesting under uh, Joel Rosario to see if how she does going two turns for the first time. Um, there's a lot of horses in that uh, situation in the six-horse field. I'm going to give her stablemate Alpine Princess the nod. She's a daughter of Classic Empire. She's run two races at a mile and a 16th, including a throwout effort in the Alcibiades. She, she came back from that on November 26th, ran a very good race at uh, Churchill, winning by two lengths uh, against allowance foes. I just think that that two-turn experience is going to serve her very well. She certainly bred for it. Like I said, classic empire out of a curling mare, and I think she'll be uh, tough yeah, right around her morning line of 3-1. to one. Okay, 3-1 to one on Alpine Princess. Also 3-1 to one on the 5, Legadema, who's going to be my selection in this spot. She looked very good in her lone start, winning at 5.5 furlongs in wire-to-wire -wire fashion, was battling for the lead. Most of the way down the back stretch around the turn, then opened up to the head of the stretch and cruised on to win by over two lengths. She's by Arrogate out of a not-for-love mare, so at least on the top side, I think she's bred to run all day. The not-for-loves, I tend to think, are a little bit more sprinter, miler than uh, router types, but Arrogates, I think, can run all day. And uh, listen, she ran a lot better than what you normally see for first-time starters from Phil Bauer. Uh, he's very capable. He's not uh, overly known for 
crushing with first-time starters, but uh, Legadema did very, very well in her debut, and I think she's got good things down the road for her. She's worked very well since that race a few times. I'm going to look for her to handle the mile in 70 yards and get the job done in the untappable. We're both trying to beat West Omaha, who is the morning line favorite. So you said it caused quite a a stir when West Omaha and the other Brad Cox trainees were scratched. What exactly happened or allegedly happened at Remington Park last weekend? Um, It's another one of these situations where we don't really know the whole story. I mean, from the articles I read um, about it, all four horses were there. And, of course, they were all in stakes races, and you don't really have to uh, declare a reason for a stakes um, scratch. And uh, they all were taken out. Um, It could have had something to do with the – track condition um it rained um significantly in oklahoma city and then it was you know it was a drying um sloppy track but you know a few of the runners had wet good wet track experience so um it's one of those things in racing that remains a a mystery and there's no need for explanation and uh, certainly the racing public wasn't offered one okay but what we do know or at least what we think is this was a Brad Cox decision for them to scratch. It was not them being forced to scratch. As far as we know, it was a Brad Cox decision to scratch all four, and um, West Omaha is the first one to return and shows up in a, in a pretty logical spot here at uh, Fairgrounds. She was going to run in the trapeze, which I believe was a one-mile race, or was it seven? Do you remember? I think, I think it, it was a one-mile race, and <clears throat> she drew inside, and I figured yes. that she'd be very tough to beat. The truth of the matter is is that she runs in this race against tougher competition. Obviously, she has the chance to earn Kentucky Oaks qualifying points mm-hmm. uh, with a, what, a finish in this race. But uh, And last time out in the trapeze, I don't believe that that was a points qualifier. But no. she probably would have been three or four to five in that race, and I don't think she's going to be that kind of favorite. It's a tougher field tomorrow. Yeah, no, unquestionably so. Um, who knows? Who knows, Who knows is exactly right. But we're going to try to beat her at least a little bit. We both like three-to-one shots. Bob has Alpine Princess. I'm going to go with Legadema the five in the untappable race nine at the fairgrounds. We're going to take our final break. When we come back, the final three stakes tomorrow at fairgrounds, including the Gunrunner, a points qualifier for next year's Kentucky Derby. This is the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. Fans don't miss opening day the day after Christmas at spectacular Santa Anita. Come early for our classic meet opener on Tuesday, December 26th with first post time at 11 a.m. and admission gates will open at 9 a.m. As always, our traditional wall calendar is free of charge with paid admission and you can also get a Mathis Home plush toy horse with a $10 donation that will go to Karma to benefit retired racehorses. Join us for an unforgettable day of world-class racing with six graded stakes headed by the great one $300,000 Malibu, the Grade 1 La Brea, and the Grade 1 American Oaks. They'll be complemented by three Grade 2 events, the Mathis Mile, the San Antonio, and the San Gabriel. Bring the family. Santa Anita's infield area will be open on December 26th, December 30th, and 31st, as well as on New Year's Day. Infield admission is $5, which includes parking and program. Again, come early on opening day. First post time is at 11 a.m. Santa Anita. It's the great race play. Hi there, it's Scott from Pentatonics. So from the beginning of our journey in music, the foundation has been music education. It's so incredibly important that we continue to show kids the importance of music in our schools, in our homes, and even in the car. Music is such a powerful expression of emotion and individuality, and we are responsible for keeping the love for music alive. This message is courtesy of the United States Air Force. Want to get the latest HRRN content directly on your computer or mobile device? Then subscribe to our podcast using the Podbean app or Apple Podcasts. Just go to hrrn.podbean.com on your computer and click follow or download the Podbean app and search HRRN. You can also find us on Apple Podcasts and listen to our latest episodes anytime. Don't miss a thing. Subscribe to our podcasts today. You're listening to the Amwager Weekend Stakes Preview on HRRN. Gunrunner has Forge in front of Candy, my boy. Tom's ready. Motom toward the inside. Motom checked again. Motom in tight quarters at the fence. 
On the outside, Forever Moen, Dazzling Gem. Motom got stopped hard. It's Gun Runner. Gun Runner with Laurent Giroux. Clear to the finish in the Louisiana Derby. Gun Runner wins going away. Tom's Ready was second. Photo for third between Dazzling Gem and oh, it was hard luck in New Orleans again for Motom. Then Forever Mo, Candy My Boy, Greenpoint Crusader, Conquest Windy City, Uncle Walter, and Battery was the last one ho. John Dooley sounding heartbroken for Mo Tom in the Grade Two Louisiana Derby back in 2016. I have uh, I have uh, news for you, John. I, I don't think that he was ever going to beat Gunrunner in that race or any other race in Gunrunner's <laughs> career, as he obviously turned out to be one of the best horses we've seen over the last 15 years or so. And there's a race named in his honor tomorrow out at the fairgrounds. Welcome back to the M Wager Weekend Stakes Preview here on HRRN. Bobby Newman, Bob Nastanovich, folks, M Wager is giving away money. New customers get a $150 sign-up bonus plus an instant $10 bonus for HRRN listeners. Go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN. You'll get $10 instantly for signing up. Then deposit $150, bet $150, and get a $150 lump sum bonus. It's that easy. Once again, go to link.amwager.com forward slash HRRN to sign up and get your bonuses. Amwager built by horse players for horse players. All right, Bob, well, before we get to the gun runner, we've got other stakes still to talk about on tomorrow's Fairgrounds card. By the way, I want to mention this. Uh, normally, we would be looking ahead at some of the big opening day races at Santa Anita as well. Of course, they open next Tuesday, traditional December 26th opening. Uh, but unlike some of the other major racetracks around the country, Bob, Gulfstream Park, I think, draws their races a week in advance. Fairgrounds is at least seven days in advance, sometimes more than that. They're drawing right now for the races at Santa Anita. And listen, everyone loves that card, opening day at Santa Anita. We would love to know, you know, get the past performances five, six, seven days in advance and have plenty of time to pour over it. Unfortunately, we're not going to have them until basically Friday night. So I, I don't know why... They waited so long to do this. Obviously, uh, this is a, a down week for racing in Southern California. The w One of the very few complaints I have about opening day at Santa Anita is they're not drawing early enough. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, obviously, like you said, there's I mean, there's these two cards that we're talking about going on this weekend. But, uh, uh, you know, and that's what we're focusing on in most, most handicappers. But, uh, you know, a lot of us have a thirst for more, especially uh, when there's even less at the start of next week. And the fact that there's a huge Tuesday card to savor the day after Christmas, um, yeah, it seems like it would have been nice to have those uh, and be able to talk about them on the show. Um, that would have been pretty cool as well. But anyways, we've got three more delightful stakes here at Fairgrounds. And um, this 10th race is a real dandy. There's one of the most admirable horses in training uh, in this race in the uh, – how do we say this gentleman's name? Diliberto and the D Diliberto Memorial, $100,000 race, uh, going a mile on the 16th for older males. On the grass, two Emmys, the pride and joy of the uh, Hugh Robertson operation, is now seven. Um, he's only raced twice this year. He's made another 100000 He He's a $4,500 son of uh, English Channel way back when, who's approaching a million, and has just been extremely well-managed. Um, He's 3-1 to one in the morning line, drew the 12-hole. Um, he'll be ridden by James Graham, who he basically is his regular rider. Um, you know, this is a grade one winner. He won the Mr. D back at Arlington Park on, in August of uh, 2021. He's got four wins on this local on this turf course. The thing about him is, is he usually needs one, and he hasn't raced since February, and we have to assume will be a much shorter price than 3-1 to one despite the post. And I'm going to oppose him. Um, Harlan Estates, a horse that's in very good form from the 11 hole for uh, hot young trainer Whit, uh, Whit Beckman. Um, Declan Cannon picks up the mount. He won on him last time in a 500,000 restricted race at uh, Kentucky Downs. Uh, the king of inflated purses, uh, Kentucky Downs. That's definitely an informed horse. But I'm going to take a shot on the seven horse street ready. Claim last uh, last time out in September from uh, the Maker Barn. Um, 
Corey Lannery rides him. Horse has some class. Um, He uh, ran a really good race in the Fort Lauderdale, the grade two Fort Lauderdale. Um, Closed well, uh, finished third, beating a length and three quarters under Luis Saez. Um, Like I said, was claimed off of Ian Wilkes last time. Has been working really well at the Churchill Downs Training Center for Maker. And they make the trip down to Fairgrounds for his Fairgrounds debut. 10 to 1 in the morning line appears to be a, squ- a square horse, a square price on a horse that's working very well and has a touch of class, and I'll, I'll look for him to pull the, the minor upset. All right, street ready for Bob at 10 to 1. I went to the outside runner, number 13, Law Professor, for Rob Atris and Florent Giroux. Simply put, I think Law Professor has been facing significantly tougher competition in his last few starts. In fact, most of his last uh, eight or ten starts than what he's going to see tomorrow. Uh, Three straight tries against graded stakes competition. He's a horse who's mainly been a dirt horse in his career, but he has run four times on the grass, including two wins, and one of those wins was a minor stake at Kentucky Downs about a year or so ago uh, back in uh, September of 2022. So uh, the races are there if you dig deep enough in his past performances to find good turf races and his, his form on dirt is very, very good, and the company he keeps, to be honest, is better than most of what he is going to see tomorrow in the Buddy Diliberto Memorial. So I'm going to take a shot as well. Bob taking a 10-to-1 shot with number 7 Street Ready. I'm taking an 8-to-1 shot with the 13 Law Professor. Hopefully he can work out a good trip with Florent Giroux from that tough outside post. 11th race tomorrow is the Tenacious for the 3-year-olds and up, going a mile and a 16th on the main track. Field of 8 gathering in this race bob and morning line favorite and a very tepid morning line favorite is number seven pioneer of medina he is seven to two on the morning line another one of these brad cox trainees and uh we talked about him what was it a week or so ago and couldn't figure out what to make of his most recent start he obviously is the class of the field but his last race was awful yeah um he'll need to bounce back to form um, first of all, I want to mention that Happy American, who won this race last year for the Neil Pesson Barn, uh, uh, late owner uh, Bob Lothenbach, uh, we haven't talked about him. Uh, he tragically died recently. What a fantastic uh, owner he was uh, all around the country, certainly always the leading owner at Canterbury. He min- was a great Minnesota guy, uh, sorely missed. This is one of his best horses um, and uh, Neil Pesson uh, has him in the uh, Tenacious and has him in the Diliberto. Uh, it'd be interesting to see where he goes. I, I'd be quite confident that he'll show up and try to win the Tenacious again, especially since the uh, Diliberto came up pretty tough. Um, I think he's got a live chance in here, but he's a very deep closer in a race that doesn't really have abundant speed in my eyes. And I'm going to take a shot on the six-horse, five-star general, um, who, when he's allowed to command the pace, uh, is very tough to to run by. Ran at Delta Downs last time and ran into uh, the best Louisiana bred in racing, touched upon a star. We saw win recently on the uh, State Bred Stakes Day, very impressively, um, seemingly unbeatable on this uh, circuit, even in open company. And uh, five-star general only got beat a uh, length and a half and hooked him and uh, tried really hard really didn't get humiliated by by a very good horse at all and i think that if he uh if he can run back to his race in the long acres mile against a similar type uh, field he's got a little bit of fairgrounds experience uh, ran one really good race here um last year and he's a 10-time winner i'll take a shot with uh, marcelino pedroza in the saddle for grant forster on the six five-star general all right, I'm going to try a horse who I think is going to sit just in behind him, or not too far behind, the one Dash Attack, who is already a stake winner. He won the Long Branch back in May of 22 on a sloppy track at Monmouth. Uh, but for the most part, he's been an allowance-caliber horse for the last year and a half or so. He's tried graded stakes a couple of times and was completely overmatched against horses like O'Connor and Skippy Longstocking, but doesn't have to face that kind of competition tomorrow in the Tenacious. I like the inside post for him. I think uh, he's not going to be too far behind what, as you mentioned, Bob, shouldn't be a real fast early pace, and I think he's going to be in a good position at the top of the stretch. Four to one, good enough for me. Dash attack 
in the Tenacious. Final race that we're going to talk about is the 12th tomorrow at Fairgrounds, the Gunrunner for the two-year-olds going a mile in a 16th points qualifier for next year's Kentucky Derby, a field of eight gathering, and all eyes going to be on number six, Nash, who in my mind is going to be over Betty, seven to five on the morning line. I think he's going to be closer to four to five at post time. Yeah, I think you're right. Um, there's a few uh, potential stars in this race. It's a nice field. Um, Sneed is a horse by Nyquist out of an AP Indy mare. That's definitely a lovely uh, pedigree for uh, route races. I think we'll hear from him in the next several months. Uh, right now, he's, he appears to be a consistent colt who's imp- improving. Uh, Gray, son of Nyquist, trained by Brennan Walsh uh, with Jareth Loveberry riding. Blew apart a field here on November 23rd. Um, if anybody can beat Sneed in here, then they're probably a good horse. The Asmussen trained pair of Track Phantom and Riskit are interesting. I thought it was uh, particularly um, eye-catching that uh, uh, Joel Rosario, who won on Track Phantom last time, decided to ride Riskit, the three of the Gunrunner Colt, um, who finished fourth last time in the Kentucky Jockey Club under Gaff Leone. Uh, that's where Joel uh, ends up. Uh, read into that what you will. Um, I'm going to pick Nash. I think he will be four to five. Um, he's a big imposing type. Um, that was a very convincing display when he won his maiden in an unusually fast time for a two-year-old at Churchill Downs. That That's racehorse time, a, a minute 43 flat going a mile on the 16th. Um, I just think he's a very well-bred son of Medallia Duoro um, going places, and uh, he'll be tough to beat for the uh, Cox Barn. All right, I'm going to try the eight-track Phantom. He just may not be as good as Nash, but I, I, I like what I've seen from him thus far. Uh, I think the outside post is actually going to be a good spot for him because he's going to be able to track the speed just to his inside and be in a good position. Whether he can outkick horses like Nash, that's another question. But a 7-2 to on the morning line, I think he's going to be closer to 5-1 to at post time, and I think he's run races every bit as good as Nash and some of the others going into it. So track phantom for me in the gun runner. That's 12 races. Time now for the Amwager Best Bets. The Amwager Best Bet. Best Bet. All right, Bob, where are you headed? Yeah, I'm headed to the uh, Latelier. Um, bit of a short price, two to one in the morning line. The three horse Helena's Forte. Phil Bowers just been in scintillating form with his two year olds in the last several months, and I think this daughter of Matoli, out of a stakes winner, <clears throat> Lunar Lady, is one of his best. And uh, really, the pace scenario sets up for a huge effort from her. So I'll take uh, the three Helena's Forte. All right, 2-1 to one in the Latelier Memorial, race 7 tomorrow at Fairgrounds. I'm going to go to the uh, first Fairgrounds race we talked about. You're picked a favorite, Bob. I'm going to pick a favorite as well. I think Lovely Princess, to me, has not been in the right scenarios most of her recent career. She's been running too long, I think, going a mile and a half sometimes, certainly a mile and an eighth, trying tougher company in grade 3 competition, and really not disgracing herself against uh, in that those tough circumstances. Now back to a mile and a 16th, back in a listed stake instead of a, a graded stake. I think it's a much better spot for her, and maybe she will give Kenny McPeak his first win of this uh, 2023-2024 season down at the fairgrounds. Want to remind everybody tomorrow morning, another edition of the Equine Forum. Uh, 8 to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, our good friend Mike Penna will be hosting as usual. Uh, you can listen in on uh, Sirius, what is it, Sirius uh, 162, XM 207, online channel 999, or online on our website at horseracingradio.net. Uh, if you're wondering what our schedule is going to be next week, it's going to be just like it is every other week. We'll be back on Thursday with another edition of the First Bet Racing Show. Uh, Bob Nastanovich and I, and we're going to speak to uh, several guests that day. Uh, Millie Ball going to join us to rehash what she saw on opening day at Santa Anita. Jeremy Plonk is actually going to join us live to give us handicapping insight to next weekend's big cards uh, at both uh, Gulfstream and Santa Anita. And uh, we'll, we'll have some live racing as well. Of course, the call-in show, 6 to 7 p.m. on Thursday evening with James Scully and myself. Uh, then Friday, an edition of Betting with Bobby, followed by another Am Wager Weekend Stakes preview here on HRRN. So status quo uh, with the Christmas holiday falling on Monday. 
Uh, it doesn't really affect our schedule at all. Only thing that affects is the fact that we would have loved to preview the Santa Anita <laughs> open day, day, opening day card tonight, and we don't get to. Listen, it's just less time for us to get to handicap. I, I, I would love to already know who's in what position, what the morning lines are, and start my uh, research, but we will have to wait till tonight, won't we? Yeah, absolutely. Happy holidays uh, to you and yours, Bob, and uh, talk to you soon. All right. For our producer, Lee Delapina, my co-host, Bob Nastanovich, I'm Bobby Newman. Thank you so much for joining us this evening, everyone. Merry Christmas to all. We'll see you next week. Have a great day or a great weekend at the track. <laughs>